Thank you for coming to the podcast. This is Top Turtle MMA Podcast on FlowCombat.com. And damn it, we've got a great show lined up for you guys again today. We are looking ahead to this weekend coming up. UFC St. Petersburg in Russia. We're talking to two of the fighters on that card. Devin, the Brown Bear Clark, and Christoph Jocko. Plus, we'll be counting down our three favorite fights on that card. I'll be giving you all the odds as well as my picks. And I got a couple of underdogs on this card that you gamblers out there might want to snatch on. Plus, we will be talking about the past weekend as well. We're not just looking to the future. We're looking to the past too. UFC 236 was this past weekend. We got two new interim champions. We'll be talking about their quest to unify the belts. And our combat countdown this week looks at the top five fighters you got to follow on Twitter. That's right. Head to Twitter. Follow these five people and you're going to have to wait to later on our show to see who those are. But before we get to any of that, we want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by ADK Fightwear. Go to adkfightwear.com right now. Use promo code TURTLE, T-U-R-T-L-E, and you're going to get 20% off your whole order there. And look, this is some really high quality stuff. I have their arm bars and stripes rash guard. I've worn it hundreds of times. It's gone in and out of my wash with all kinds of other stuff. The colors are still as bright as the day I got them. The seams look flawless. There's no pilling anywhere on the the rash guard. This thing is super high quality. Plus, if you go there right now and you use that promo code I mentioned before, TURTLE, all lowercase, you're going to get that rash guard for just 20 bucks. And there's really no place else on the web where you can get a high quality rash guard for 20 bucks. So check out that. Their spats, their geese, their t-shirts, their sweatshirts. Check out their whole line, adkfightwear.com. ADK Fightwear brings you this episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast, and it starts right now. This is Daniel Gumby, dreaming with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Devin Clark, who fights Ivan Shirkov at UFC in St. Petersburg this weekend. Devin, let's start with your thoughts on fighting in Russia, because, you know, obviously the UFC hasn't had too many Russian events. What were your thoughts when the UFC offered you a fight there? Well, I actually wanted to fight in Russia. I actually called out one of the Russian fighters, um, Magnumad something or other. He fought uh, probably a couple months ago, and I actually called him out, so I wanted to fight in Russia, and I was super excited. My manager called me and said, hey, we got to fight in Russia. So... Yeah, super excited about it. I've always wanted to fight in Russia. Is, is there a reason you always wanted to fight in Russia? Because that that seems like a weird place to have to have always wanted to fight. I mean, it's it's not like a you know like a typical MMA hub that people think of. It's not Japan or Brazil or one of those. Why Russia? Well, well the fighting culture is there, and I, I've trained with some Russians and people from that area, and fighting's in their culture, and the respect that they have for people that choose to fight for a living is. It's it's uh it's pretty high so um I just it's it's one of those things as a fighter going to fight in Russia you know kind of like maybe the Rocky or the Creed type deal I don't know it just always seemed like a um a cool opportunity and especially in, and of course it's going to be a tough opportunity so uh, I really wanted to challenge myself and go fight a tough Russian in Russia. Yeah, and it certainly is a challenge, too. Now, before we talk about the matchup itself with the the tough Russian that you're going to face, obviously the travel is really difficult, too, right? You've fought in Poland before. What did maybe you take away from that Poland fight about traveling and preparing for fights that you'll use here in this fight? Uh, Just not to stress about the travel and not 
worry if I got enough sleep or, you know, if the time difference is affecting me and just, and just, uh, kind of roll with the punches and roll with, you know, go, just go with the flow. So uh, I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. And you're, you're going with the flow here too, because obviously you were scheduled to fight Kareem Abdul-Adilov and now they switch up the opponents, uh, to Ivan Sherikov. How did you deal with that opponent change? Did you feel like you had to change a lot of your preparation? No, not really. I always try to focus on doing the best me and what the opponent does is kind of secondary. So, and in this case, the opponent has, uh, I would say less well-rounded than Edelov was. Um, I feel like he has less tools for us to worry about. So we didn't really have to change much. Uh, he, he does do a few key, key things different, but uh, pretty easy adjustments. Yeah, and I was going to ask you, too, what you knew about him. Was there something in particular you thought he does really well or really not well? Uh, he comes in hard. He has a little bit of wrestling, stuff that we can easily deal with and stuff that we've dealt with in the past. So nothing that, you know, nothing that uh, – concerned me too much uh or or that i thought that i couldn't handle absolutely and and now i gotta ask too because you know the news of him taking a d-love spot in this fight hit the hit twitter hit instagram hit all of those things and in comes the picture of this dude and, and he's enormous right <laughs> he, he looks absolutely yeah. enormous what are your thoughts on that uh, i mean obviously you're over in russia but but you know, UFC still has USADA, so we can hope he's as clean as possible. What What are your thoughts on the dude looking as big as he is? You, you know, obviously, maybe he's done some supplements or whatever in the past, um, but that doesn't really matter to me. I beat people on, on stuff like that, and so however he shows up, he shows up. But I've seen a few pictures lately, and he's looking a little smaller as the fight gets closer. Um and of course, he fought a heavyweight before too, so he could be a little bigger when he when he was fighting that heavyweight. Um, he looks smaller now. He's coming down to 205, and I'm ready for whatever style he comes with. And I I pre I expect him to be the best him as well. So uh, I, I don't really worry about you know the USADA stuff, blah blah blah. I don't I don't care. I know he's going to show up and be a tough guy that night, and I'm gonna I'm gonna deal with that and and whoop him. So. And, and so I got to ask, too, because I always like to uh, drop these in here. Do, do you have a prediction for how this one ends? I mean, obviously, like you said, he moves forward. He's a heavy-handed guy. It doesn't look like he's the type of guy who's going to go 15 minutes with you. Are you expecting to go 15 minutes no. here? If it does go 15 minutes, he's going to want out that, that last round. Um, and that's my that's my game plan. Grind him out. And I'm gonna meet him. I'm gonna meet him in the middle. I'm, I, I'm not much for backing up all that well either. So um, you know, it's gonna be a dog fight, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna come up the upper hand on that one. I've trained really hard. My cardio is up. That's one thing we've really focused on is cardio. We're gonna outwork him, grind him, make him want to quit. Yeah, I, I don't think he's been in that kind of situation before, and I've, I that's what I like to do to guys, and I've done that to guys in the past. Some of the toughest guys, so that's that's what we're going to do. Well, we're certainly looking forward to it. Once again, this was Devin, the Brown Bear Clark, who fights Ivan Chertkov at UFC in St. Petersburg this weekend. Devin, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. This is Daniel Gumby, Greenland with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com, and today I have the pleasure of speaking to Christoph Jocko, who fights... Alan Amandowski at UFC St. Petersburg. 
So, Christoph, I want to talk about your streak, first of all, because you were on a five-fight win streak. You were ranked in the UFC middleweight division. It's been followed by three losses. Do you feel any extra pressure to perform here as a result? Hello, everyone. Uh, you know, really, I long time ago forgot about my losses. Mine. I have a very bad time, very bad two years. Like, like you say, I lose three fights. I have a broken hand. I have a bro tore the ligaments in my right knee. So I have a very bad time. But this was the past. Page is closed. Now is now is the different time. And I I live in the future. And I feel very good. Great. I have a great camp. Great sparring partners. My coaches take care of me in our camp. And I feel. Very excited to step again to Octagon. So I, I wanted to ask you too. So you, you mentioned the the you know bum knee and, and some some other issues as far as health concerns. How are you feeling leading up to this fight? Are you as healthy as you've ever been? That's right. I'm healthy like I never been. You know, I always have some problem before the fight, but you know, fighters don't talk about problem. But last, my last three fights was like very, very bad for me. It was not good time. Like I have a all the time broken hands. Before the David Branch fight, I have a two infection in my knee. I eat antibiotic in the fight week, and I still go the fighting. But you know, this is experience. Now I know. Like don't do the same mistake again. Absolutely. And and now I wanted to talk to you. you. You mentioned in there that you said, you know, you have a great camp, training camp and your training partners have been great. You work at American Top Team, which is obviously an, an absolutely stacked gym. Who have you been using to get ready, ready for Amandowski? This camp, uh, in the beginning, because in the beginning of this year, I I was like 100% healthy to come back for training. So I was in Thailand like a one month, like coming back from my shape. And when I come back to Florida, I have uh, seven weeks to hard training, hard sparring. Uh, I train and spar with like Russian fighters, like for example, Vasily Vasilevsky mm -hmm. or uh, Shufai Sapato, Magomed Kerimov, uh, like a lot, lot of fighters. I don't want to... Uh, don't talk about don't talk about somebody because it was a lot of lot of fighters and a lot of people helped me in this camp but the my the main main spying partner for this fight was Vasily Vasilevsky Vas something like this Slava it's very hard to pronounce and his name and, and do you think he brings a lot of the same uh, style as as Amandowski does because obviously you know Amandowski He's got that European style too. <clears throat> yeah, I think so. I think so. We're looking for with Conan Silveria, the guy who who is similar like Amedowski. I think Vasily was was very good, very good boxing. He was like six times Sambo champion. We have like very very hard war, and I can say it was sparring. It was like war three three times uh, in a week. So, I promise I'm ready for Amadoski. All right, and we're certainly looking forward to it. Now, also, I, I wanted to mention in here, too, that 
So those three losses, I know you said they were in the past, but all three of those fights were in the U.S. Your record in Europe is obviously much better. Are you happy to be going back to Europe to fight? This is Russia and St. Petersburg. It's very close to Poland. And I have a fight uh, with... uh, I have a supposed to fight with... uh, I forgot his name even... The Russian, the Russian fighter in the first UFC in Moscow, and I have an injury. So when I was healthy, and I see the another event in Russia, so I ask Mick Maynard about fight there, and he give me fight with Amedowski. Uh, no, 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 he give me fight with Roman Kobelov, but Kobelov was hurt, so Amedowski step step to for for fight with me, yeah. And, and, you know, you, you said you were looking for the fight on there and you were willing to get on the fight card. Are, are you going to have a lot of friends and family in the stands, being that it, it is not that far from Poland? Yeah, I think so. And come to a lot of my friends. Uh, my coaches are ready there with two two fighters. It's three fighters in the American top team in the card. So I'm really excited and I can't wait to step to octagon again. I don't fight like exactly this month is one year for a lot of lot of trouble in my life, a lot of private trouble, trouble and uh, training trouble, injury, everything. But this is this is what it is. It's one time, one time you are in the top, one time in the you need make the two steps back, and now I'm come back. And, and we're looking forward to it. Now, before we let you go, we did want to get a quick prediction. What, what's your sort of your prediction? How do you see this fight playing out? How <laughs> I see this fight? I will fight how Amadowski let me fight, you know. I don't want to be hairy and try to knock him out. I just be myself. I do this what I do the best. So... I mean, move a lot, try to take it down if I can, try to knock knock him out if I can, but everything, everything's smart. All right, well, we're certainly looking forward to it. Once again, fans, this was Christoph Jocko who fights Alan Amandowski at UFC St. Petersburg. Christoph, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I invite everybody to big show in St. Petersburg. I promise we'll be very good night and It'll be an excited night for everybody. And those interviews with Devin the Brown Bear Clark and Christoph Jocko are brought to you by Maroon Social. M-A-R-U-N-E. Maroon Social is the one and only Brazilian jiu-jitsu enthusiast app that helps you track your progress. We all sometimes need a little extra nudge in the right direction to make sure we are making the progress we want in jiu-jitsu. This is the app that's going to do it. So, let me tell you how this works. Head on over to the Google Play Store or the or the Apple Store, if you're an Apple guy, download it. Then you're going to put in your name, your belt, all your stripes, where you train, all that kind of stuff. And then you can start tracking each and every time you head to the gym. What I like to do when I do it is I put in the techniques that I worked and a couple of little notes for myself. That way, if I'm forgetting how to sync that Dara's choke the way that I like, I go back, I look at the app, read some notes, and it's good to go. Plus, it also lets me know how often I'm training. So I know whether or not I train more this week than last week more this month than last month, 
or if I'm slacking a little bit. So all of those things are super helpful reminders. Plus, it's got a place for competitions, friends, uh, places for weigh-ins. There are so many features on this app. And if you're a jiu-jitsu enthusiast like me and Shockwave Dave, you're going to want it. Head on over to wherever apps are sold. M-A-R-U-N-E. Oh, and it's free. So make sure you download it. Uh, now it's on to the show. I am Daniel Gumby Freeland, joined, as always, by Shockwave Dave Tremonte. Dave, Clark says he is always wanted to fight in Russia because of the fight culture. Now, I'm not sure I've ever wanted to be the away team in Russia. What about you? Yeah, you know what? I wouldn't want to be the away team there either, but I kind of dig what he was saying. I, too, respect Russia for its fighting culture, so I'm into it. I really respect him for this. Yeah, and I like what he said about going to be the Rocky or the Apollo there, but let's let's hope a little bit more Rocky and a little bit less Apollo. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. And to be fair, wasn't didn't Drago come to American soil and kill Apollo anyway? Yes, that's true. So Rocky went there and won, but he, he did kill Apollo on American soil. So maybe this is good. <laughs> Yeah, who knows? Uh, all right, we have a very busy show. We have a great show planned for you. And we, of course, are going to kick it off with our favorite uh, segment on the podcast. Well, tied for our favorite segment on the podcast. It's the fastest fight news. We delivered the news to you in 15 minutes or less, or your podcast is free. And I feel, though, we can only start at one place here, and that is reacting to the tremendous co-main event at UFC 236. I have more to say about Ida Sonia Gaswam, so let's just get Max Poirier out of the way. What a classic it was. What was your take on the fight, and how hyped are you for where we go next from here? Um, I- I'm minimally amount of hyped because I- I'm not sure any of my questions about whether or not Poirier can handle the wrestling of Habib ever got answered, and I'm a little bit disappointed that Max's power didn't translate moving up a division. You know, like, he's a volume puncher. I get that he's a volume puncher. He's never been, like, a hit-it-and-quit-it kind of guy ever. But I I thought that that power would have worked just a little bit better, and it it didn't work out at all. Um, And and so not a predictable outcome, but also not one that gets me super hyped. Yeah, I think I said this to you off-air as the fights were happening over the weekend. I said, you know... I was so big on the idea of Max versus Connor at 155, Max versus Tony, Max versus Habib. Eh, I'm not as hyped anymore on it. I now just want to see, as you did originally, Max just stay at 145 and go for that GOAT title, become like the new version of Jose Aldo, yeah. uh, this generation's Jose Aldo, 145. I, the power does not translate at 155, it doesn't seem like. But you never know either. I mean, listen. He knocked out Anthony Pettis. Anthony Pettis just went up to 170 and knocked out Wonderboy. We do live in a crazy sport here. Yeah, that, that's true. Uh, although I, I do just think, uh, you know, back to the 145-pound idea, I do just think there's so many intriguing matchups there for him with people like Volkanovski, Frankie Edgar, um, Zabit Magomed Sharapov, even like Mirsad Bechtik would be a fun fight. Like, so I think there's enough fun fights there that he ought to just stay there. Yeah, and I know what you're saying about not being hyped because you know me, I'm as big a Khabib fan as there is. If we really only have two to three more Khabib fights left in us, Poirier, not even in my top six Yeah, for who I would want to see Habib fight. And we all know Habib's just going to win. Yeah. It's, this is no new challenge for Habib. Well, you want to hear something crazy about that is I, I heard some preliminary odds going out, and who knows how much the lines have moved since I first saw this, but the opening line 
Guess where the opening line is on Dustin Poirier is an underdog against Habib. Uh, the opening line on Dustin Poirier against Habib. So the odds on Poirier as an underdog, I'll say minus or plus. I mean, I would think, or sorry, he should be plus four hundred, four to one. I saw you could get him on the opening line is plus two ten. That's crazy. To me, is crazy. I think it's way more obvious than that. So if you have a bookie out there who's willing to let you get money on Habib at like negative two fifty, pump that line before one of us does. So is Habib minus two fifty? Yeah, right around that number. Yep. That is so crazy. Yeah. Okay, well, whatever. Uh, I I don't even know what to say about that. Uh, I will also say though, you know, the first couple of rounds were super exciting. The whole fight was good, but it was really amazing coming off the five rounds of fury of Gastelum Maidasanya, and then into that first round where Max got rocked. Second and third round, we had like eight rounds in a row of just sheer chaos, and it really made UFC 236 a beautiful night in MMA history. So let's get to what I really wanted to talk about, and that was Ida Sanya versus Gastelum. I had it 2-2 going into round five, which is all you could ask for in a championship title fight. Uh, both guys were dropped in the fight. I've been watching the UFC since 1994. I rented UFC 1 a few months after it came out at a blockbuster special interest section. So I've been watching MMA for a damn long time. I don't know that I've ever seen someone take that much punishment to his dome like Calvin Gastelum did. It was amazing to me. What do you think? Yeah, and I, I give props to Mark Goddard for giving him a chance in there, too, because I, I thought at the end, I was like, well, that clearly should be called. And then they showed the replay, and he rolled quickly, grabbed a double leg, and was, like, throwing his hand back to block some punches. He was intelligently defending himself. I just don't know fucking how at that point, right? <laughs> I decided yeah. just absolutely unloaded on him. And also, where did Ida Sonya's Jits game come from? He almost had uh, the triangle wasn't and the bad. the guillotine and before that. The guillotine was tight, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think we saw glimpses of that when he fought uh, Brad Tavares. Brad Tavares tried to wrestle him a little bit. And, and I think he kind of took it to him on the ground, which was pretty impressive. Granted, Brad Tavares is not Calvin Gastelum, and he's not Calvin Gastelum in the submission game either. So the fact that he did it to Gastelum, I mean, like... It, it makes you think, like, everybody was saying, like, he needs to fight somebody like Chris Weidman. He needs to fight. I think I'd like him in a fight against Chris Weidman. Me too, yeah. I would, and I'm a huge Chris Weidman guy. I'd say the same thing. You know, Dana White said, I see so many similarities between Connor and Adesanya, and it's funny they both got to their title shot within six fights in the UFC, which is kind of crazy. So did Rory McDonald, actually, but he lost um, six wins, actually, for Rory. Rory was 6-1. and one. But that all being said, I tweeted on our Twitter, at Top Turtle MMA, follow us if you're not, that the big difference between Connor and Adesanya for me is Adesanya actually has legit takedown defense. Connor had moments of takedown defense, but overall you knew that he could be taken down. Uh, that is not the case. I feel very confident when I decide to take down defense for a guy who primarily spent his entire adult life as a Muay Thai guy. And his sub offense is really impressive. Not yeah. not his sub defense, which you get sometimes out of strikers, but his sub offense is impressive. Now, uh, before we move on to our combat countdown, I did want to ask you, same question goes for this title unification. What do you got Israel Idesanya opening up on? I won't tell you if he's an underdog or a favorite against Robert Whitaker. 
Yeah, I mean, I would actually, this is very interesting. I, I can't wait to hear the answer, and, and I might be wrong. I, I'm going to assume that Idasanya is the underdog, and Whitaker is the favorite. I'm going to say Whitaker is around a plus 150, or sorry, a minus one, yeah, minus 125 to 150, and Idasanya somewhere in like that plus, 100 range very close what is it you're very close israel adesanya opened and now the line might have moved especially by the time this airs at plus 135 to calvin gaston at negative 160 165 boom yep that sounds yeah you're pretty close i think when uh i think by the time you get to fight time and the money is coming on these two i bet you by fight time robert whitaker's the underdog yeah I agree. Especially coming off a pretty long layoff to injuries, and I don't assume that Whitaker's going to be the guy that takes down Idasanya and like wrestles him up. No, if it's going to be largely striking, I, I mean, you go Idasanya. Yeah, and I, and I don't think that Whitaker needs to, by the way, either, because obviously Gastelum tagged Idasanya to the point where he was really hurt. Uh, so that, given that fact, I mean, I, I think that uh, I think Whitaker's probably got a pretty good shot there. Agreed. I cannot wait for that fight. Have they targeted a date for that, or is that not out yet? No, but it looks like it's going to be a stadium show in Australia. They're going to really do this one out, and I imagine they might be able to find a second title fight to get on there, too, depending on, uh, you know, I know Volkanovski is scheduled with Jose Aldo, although I can't remember the date specifically with that. A win there, and you could, you know, put... You know Max Holloway against Alexander Volkanovsky on the same card, and that thing would blow out. Has speaking of people from Australia, New Zealand, has Mark Hunt signed with an organization yet, or is he still a free agent? I, I actually think he's going to legit retire. Like I, I know hmm. that like he said he was going to retire, and everybody was like, "Yeah, all right, dude, we'll see you in Ryzen." Um, but I actually think he's going to retire. Um, I mean, like we know he's had that head trauma. We we know he's had issues. So like. Would it be shocking to see that happen? I don't think so. Well, that was a sidebar, but this is what I really wanted to get to. It's this week's Combat Countdown, our favorite segment on the show. Well, tied for our favorite segment. Gumby, I do have to ask, does anyone bring the fans this com- this Combat Countdown? Yeah, this Combat Countdown is sponsored by Sisu Mouthguards. Head to sisuguard.com for the only mouthguard where you can talk, breathe, and drink all with the mouthguard up in your mouth. And if you want to protect those choppers for even less money, you can use promo code TOPTURTLE15 and get 15% off all the mouth guards you could possibly buy. So fill up that cart, use that promo code, and get some sweet discounts. All right. If you're not following the show, you should. We're at Top Turtle MMA. I'm proud of our feed. I think we bring some enjoyment to the fans at Top Turtle MMA. And this week, we wanted to break down the top five MMA follows, really UFC follows, on Twitter. And, of course, we're talking about fighters, not like ring card girls, octagon girls. But actual fighters and who are the best follows. So let's get to the combat countdown. And we start with someone who's very funny, was actually brought in by the UFC to handle their social media feeds for an entire weekend. And that is Angela Overkill Hill, number five. Yeah, Angela Hill is 
hilarious on there. And not only is she hilarious, one of the things I think she does so well and that makes her Twitter an absolute must-follow is fan interaction. If you actually look back and see the posts on uh, our our question that we, we threw out to the fans in here, she actually liked responses that she saw when people suggested her. So she's in there. She's interacting with fans. She's always really hilarious. And like you said, the UFC trusts her with their Twitter. Why wouldn't you want to follow her? She's very funny. Uh, we'll go then to number four. Kind of a, maybe a shock, kind of a newcomer into the UFC, but he's got a good social media game. It's Bryce Mitchell. Bryce Mitchell got on this list for, for two hilarious tweets. So in the midst of all of the TJ Dillashaw hoopla, so to speak, he just tweeted out simply, what the fuck is EPO? <laughs> Which to me, no, no context, no nothing, but just what the fuck is EPO? I'm not sure if he, he really cared or if he just saw it in his timeline, but it made me laugh quite a bit. And then the other one was, uh, guys, you got to follow my new Instagram because some liberal vegans were trying to start some shit with me over hunting, uh, which to <laughs> me just made me laugh my ass off. The dude is so entertaining on there, dude. The, Reebok has gone out and made shorts for him, and they just came out with a signature Thug Nasty Bryce Mitchell shirt because he is pulling in so many fans through his interaction on Twitter and, you know, obviously his good interviews that Bryce Mitchell absolutely can't miss follow. Number three, he's been in the game for a while now, but the the reaction we got to him, so many people were responsive and, and threw out his name, so he's well-deserving of the spot. It's Tony Ferguson. Yeah, I think Tony Ferguson is a can't-miss follow for a couple of other reasons than the people on this list, and, and a lot of it is I just want to see what crazy fucking workout he's doing next. The other day I saw a video of him putting a giant-ass tire. I saw him with it, and I was like, oh, he's just going to flip it or hit it with a a sledgehammer or something. No, he picked it up and put it on his back and spun around in circles for like 10 minutes. And I was like, that that seems absolutely ridiculous, but I fucking love it. So uh, I, I think he's a can't miss for those types of reasons. Yeah, go to him for crazy workouts. Don't go to him for proper form, though. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. Uh, number two, really the king of UFC Twitter, uh, although I guess the plan's it by who we name number one, but he's well-deserving of being in the top two. He's a friend of the show, though that didn't play into our decision. We got a ton of fan interaction saying he was their man. It's Elias Theodoro. Yeah, Elias Theodoro is awesome on there. As a matter of fact, it, I think he's sort of the, the fighter who first started responding to fans all the time with just gifts. And he did it again on our, you know, we asked for suggestions on Twitter at Top Turtle MMA. And he responded to a ton of the people who said, take Elias Theodore off the list with like funny gifts or if somebody supported him, a funny gift. And, and I think that fan interaction is so big for him too. And why he's gotten to be so popular. Plus you got to see him be a ring boy on his Twitter. He shared the videos there and, and he's just generally an overall super nice guy, super positive. Follow Elias Theodore. That is what I was going to say about it. It's, it, you know, there's a lot of negativity on social media, but Elias Theodoro is entertaining while being very positive. So respect to him. We'll go then to number one, and uh, he's really the king of Twitter uh, for MMA fighters, and we got a ton of reactions saying he had to be in there, and at least at number one, it's Ben Askren. Yeah, and, and I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't a big Ben Askren Twitter guy until 
the people absolutely wanted him number one. You know, like the boom roasted uh, stuff. It's not necessarily for me. But if you go on his Twitter, not only is he like making fun of other people, he's also hilariously self-deprecating. Like he posted some pictures of himself again right after the TJ stuff. Some pictures of himself in his like flabby midsection, and and then <laughs> responded, "Definitely no EPO here. This body's all natural or something like that." And which is just hilarious. Like obviously it is, dude. You're 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 definitely not the most fit guy in the UFC. And then he's always posting pictures of himself with like weird afros from back in his college days and stuff. Ben Askren is hilariously self-deprecating while also making fun of other people and. He's given you plenty of advice on wrestling on there, too. So you definitely can't miss Ben Askren. I've come around to it, and he made it all the way to number one. Who are some of the honorable mentions, Gumby? So I I saw a lot of people throw out uh, Derek Lewis on there. You know, Derek Lewis is really funny in the post-fight interviews, but his Twitter is pretty tame. You know, like, he's mostly just trying to, like, hawk his shirts and stuff like that. Um, It was really hard for me to leave Olivier Aubon Mercier out there. The dude just, like, posts or, like, retweets other people's videos and just comments on them in a hilarious way. Um, And also, pretty much very similar to Angela Hill was Jessica Rose Clark. She's hilarious uh, and interacts with fans maybe even more than Angela Hill does. But just Angela Hill being, like, a slightly bigger name and, you know, being in charge of the UFC Twitter for a while, she got the nod. Boom. That's our combat countdown. Or should I say boom, roasted. That's our combat countdown. Let us know at Top Turtle MMA if you liked our list. If you hated our list, we're accepting both positive and negative uh, feedback there. You know, it's funny. I was before taping Gumby watching the Yankees-Red Sox game, and it's still so crazy to me because at the bottom of the screen on the lower third, on ESPN, they had a little promo for UFC Olenek Overeem this Saturday, prelims start at 10 a.m., yada, yada. And I just thought how great this partnership is. So, of course, we have UFC Fight Night 149 this week. Uh, We previewed it. And I do have to ask, though, uh, before we get to that preview, did any company sponsor said preview? Well, of course, it's UFC in St. Petersburg. Preview is brought to you by Sheath Underwear. Go to sheathunderwear.com. Use promo code Flow, F-L-O, for 20% off your whole order. Sheath underwear is changing the way underwear game works. That's right. You've probably used boxers when you're training before, if you're some kind of psychopath, or you've used briefs and your stuff has been crushed all while you were rolling, but now you don't have to do either of those. Use sheath underwear, which has got an innovative front pocket that promotes airflow to your cash and prizes so that they don't have to be crushed, but they can also be supported. Check out their whole line at sheathunderwear.com. So, the first fight we're going to talk about today is I love Alistar Overeem in the main event at a negative 240 favorite over Alexi Olenek at a plus 200 underdog. Look, I love Alexi Olenek's submission game and as a submission head myself, I love his chances if he gets it to the ground, but people forget how good of a wrestler Alistar Overeem is, and this one's going to start on the feet, and I just think Olenek doesn't quite have what it takes to beat uh, Overeem there. I'm also going to take the underdog, uh, Emil Abdurakahimov, uh, over Marcin Tibera. Shamil is is a hell of a talent. Sometimes people forget how talented he is. This dude pretty much took it to uh, Derek Lewis for three rounds. So the fact that that sort of gets overlooked, and then you watch Marcin Tibera's recent uh, bout against like Fabrizio Verdum, 
I just don't see him with enough tools there. And I think Abdurkahimov is the type of guy who could possibly take him down, too. Uh, and then in the third one, I'm going to take friend of the show, Devin the Brown Bear Clark over Ivan Shirkov. Uh, Clark betting off at plus 165, so a, a nice underdog value there. Shirkov is just so big and so bulky. I, I think he's going to run out of gas here, and Devin Clark has got the gas tank to take it to him. So once again, that's Alistar Overeem over Alexi Olenek, Shamil Abdurkahimov over Marcin Tybura, and Devin Clark over Ivan Shirkov. And that's going to do it for another episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast on Flow Combat. We first want to thank Flow Combat for having us on each and every week. We also want to thank our sponsors, ADK Fightwear, Sisu Mouthguards, Sheath Underwear, and Maroon Social. Make sure you go download the Maroon app, M-A-R-U-N-E. We also want to remind you to follow us on Twitter, at Top Turtle MMA. We've got all kinds of fun prizes, giveaways, and other fun countdown-related items, so you're going to want to check all of that out. And make sure you check us out next week, because I am Daniel Gumby-Vreeland, he was Shockwave Dave Tremonte, and we will be back with another one of these next week. <laughs>